Hey, are we rolling? We are now, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go. Well, we're here. Hi, Jason. We're here with Ryan Churchill. Yeah. Hi, Jason. Uh, first, My first time meeting you. Yeah. So this is cool. It's but not I mine. No, you've worked with Ryan. I've seen Ryan's butt. Have you? No. No. What? I, I mean, didn't show you it? yet? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I, I don't remember, actually. There's pictures online. Yeah. yeah. So, so you guys have a working relationship. Let's go into that first, because obviously that's why Ryan's here. Because you guys met each other working on his really good film that I thoroughly enjoyed. You actually watched it? Of course I did. Thank you. If I'm going to have you on, I got to I gotta know who I'm yeah. interviewing. Well, I don't when, expect when this, it. When this all was going down, he was like, well, who? Who? Is, who? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, so well, was like, my buddy know. Ryan Churchill said he'll do it. And so he goes, oh. Who in the hell is that? Google. Well, yeah. Ryan obviously. Churchill. All of a sudden, he's a... He's like, dude, this is a good movie, man. Took a lot of notes, yep. and uh, we're going to discuss it. Sweet. I'll I'm excited. I'm ex- actually really excited to hear about the making of it. But first, the making of this relationship right in front of us. Mm-hmm. Yes. Michael Kreppel and yeah. Ryan Churchill. That's me. I'm Michael. Hi, Michael. Hi. Welcome. Thanks, buddy. Um, yeah, so Ryan made a movie. He did. Uh, with some other folks. Yep. Called uh, The 60 Yard Line. Correct. Fantastically funny and well written, well Thank acted. Um, eh, but it spawned a it spawned a, a life friendship, you know, a, a something outside of just sitting in a dark room for a week m- mixing and yeah. all of that. We've stayed in touch. Yep. Um and so basically that's the the Cliff Notes version of it. That's kind of where yeah. where we met was at the mix. I think we maybe before the mix we did some ADR or something. And this room we're in, you guys were in this. We slugged this for it the out. most part. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was we. So, God, when I met you, I that was a weird state I was in. I was a raging alcoholic from doing the movie. Okay. Um, because it was so stressful, oh. and we had it all in the can, and we had it edited, which was very stressful yeah. because we had no money. We'll get into that. More. Yeah, independent. I'm trying. I'm still trying to bring this back to how we how we met, and it was like. So, can we mention your business partners? Uh, yeah, yeah. Kitchens. And, yeah. Uh, well, actually, shout out to Juniper Post. Yeah, we're in their facility right, right. now. Yeah, yeah, and our producer, uh, amazing guy that kept this whole boat afloat, Alex McCullough, was like, "We got to use these guys at Juniper Post. I've I've used them before. I know David Kitchens. He's a great guy. Mm-hmm. And you guys gave us a deal. Yeah." And a, and a, deal of the century to do what you did and so we came in and then we had been dealing with david kitchens and then suddenly he's like here's michael kreppel he'll be taking over and we were like oh here's this tatted up dude (laughs) (laughs) bald yeah tatted up from and you never know in this industry because like each department along the way you can you can get up you can get a flyer of like this guy doesn't like us yeah so that's tough and and i like i saw kreppel and, and then it was like he has this opposite of what he looks like. If you just saw him on the street, you'd be like, oh, that's that guy. <laughs> but then, see, so hear him laugh, and then and as soon as you meet him, it's like, the bright, sunshiny guy comes out, and you're like, oh, this is fun. Spoiler. Yeah. And then, and then, so do we want to talk about the farting now? Oh, God. Or later. So really, the we'd had a really great time during the mix. Yeah. A lot of creativity. Same. And, yeah, same sensibilities as far as, like, where... Uh, like how to hit the jokes and, yeah. and stuff like that. Yep. Music, mm-hmm. um, you know, the dialogue is king in movies, um, unless it's Interstellar, and then it's the music is king. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I very uh, safely placed a fart. Oh boy. Yeah. At a safely, huh? I, I it was. Mm-hmm. I took the leap, and I went. I'm going to do it today. Yeah. And so. 
During the mix, I, I've got my sound effects bank open, and we're like doing this, and we start talking about something, and I go, "This is the time. This is the time." It gets quite. It gets. It gets a little boring and quiet and serious because there's start, a lot. Start, there's a lot start. of work to mix yeah, a movie, is. and so Crapo would do a ton of work, and then he'd be like, "Okay, I need you guys to watch this next four minutes down." So he would work, we'd sit there, and then he would let play it the four minutes and yep. let us do a watch down, and he had it all queued up and ready <laughs> in the, this. <laughs> It had taken a lull, like we were a little yeah, bored, you yeah. know. It's not, it's just whatever, it is what it is. And then he, he I launched it. Nice. And well, he had their attention. Basically, and he was nervous because were... he didn't really know us yeah. yet. Yeah, I, I just, I did. Sometimes, is it, now, now, I've been yelled at. So the question is this, did, was it like, okay, because there's, there's on purpose, and then there's like, well, I have no choice. Was it a I have no choice moment? I have to let this out, mm. or was it like I'm going to get to know these guys and see if they really are going to accept me as part of the, the, this creative process? I think it was the latter. And then just yeah. drop it. And, it. and just so you know, okay, Michael didn't fart. He put the fart sound effect in the movie. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. See, I thought you actually. Oh, yeah. Good clarification. Yes. Yeah, I was like, wow. You, I was like, okay, because it, it's boiling. You have no control. He that's put, great. That's okay. true too. So okay. that's so, we're yes. sitting here after lunch, and your stomach's doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And going, oh god, here she comes. I'm sure, if these <laughs> microphones were in the chairs, you that would have plenty of those. That's hilarious. So okay, so fart sound now. Fart can, sound. Can you tell me where it was? It was on a female. I remember that, and it was like I don't remember who, who it was. It was like one of the lead female characters, and it was like a part where she was just kind of like. Oh, she had a facial. <laughs> like she had a okay. thought. Like her eye it moved or something. It yeah. <laughs> it was like, ha! <laughs> we cried laughing. The room exploded. For a good, That's great. like, it was literally like a good 10 minutes of crying yeah, laughing awesome. and not being able to breathe. And then we play it one more time. Yeah. And then we'll start That's laughing great. again. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I imagine it's got to be, oh, got to be boring. I mean, there's got to be moments where you're just like, "Wow, I don't know what you were you were doing." I mean, he's he's doing his thing, and it's like, it's got to be pretty pretty boring at times. It's it's almost like torture because when you're making a film and you're the director or producer, and I mean, when you go through the edit and you go through the sound mix and you go through the color timing and all that, you're watching the movie over and over and over and over yeah. again, yeah. and you just and then when you're in it yourself, like I was. You never realize how much you don't like yourself. You get tired of seeing yourself, I imagine. And it just makes you want to puke. And mm. you're like, it's it's Ugh. literally almost torture. And so, I bet. so, I moments, bet. so moments of levity are definitely, nice. definitely needed. Yeah. What would so you say you, you, during post? So if you're the director and you go through the edit. Oh, you're doing the edit. How well, many, you're looking at I, dailies I would, first. Dailies, yeah. I would say altogether, I've probably watched the movie would you say like 180 times, 150 times? Wow. Way more. Okay. Oh my God, way more. Three, 400 times? Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. It's hard to really try to sum it up. Mm -hmm. And it's so, months. Yes. Right? Yes. What, what was you, what from shooting to final mix? What was your. Well, from, from the startup principle mm -hmm. to, the, to the final, oh, let's see, a year and a half. So, I mean, you can't. Wow. Yeah, you're you probably watching pretty, like pretty tired the first of it. cuts. Yeah, oh no, we could trim this, and then you're watching it again. For this project, it was a year and a half, mm -hmm. but uh, you know they vary widely. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so you got you get pretty tired of it, and it, 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 you know we're musicians. Uh, that's one thing that we we relate to each yeah, other, Michael right. and I. Yep, and right. uh, we, 
you get tired of hearing your own tunes too when you're writing a song, but I don't know that I ever in the process of writing an album listen to it 400 times think of it too it's i can't oh, it's even 90 imagine minutes. yeah i can't even it's a imagine substantial that. chunk of time i'd like for our tech over there to do the math i just don't think yeah where's our tech 90 yeah, yeah where's our tech um no, he didn't come today damn it damn him <clears throat> yeah I, I i don't think people really appreciate and I'm one of them because I don't know. I've never made a film. Well, I've, I had it was in a small film, but uh, I've never been a part of the whole entire process of making a film. So I porn. love porn. Yeah, porn. I mean, I'm totally porn. Uh, <laughs> once, just once, I was. I needed some extra cash. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. We're kidding. That's all right. <laughs> no, no, not no judge. All. I was in a sh- little uh, independent film, but I was just an actor, and I didn't have very many lines. So it was a 12-hour day for me, and that was it. I was done. Um, so I don't think people really understand what it what it takes to actually put a film in front of you. Mm-hmm. And this is just a small component of it. So what other elements, what other challenges? So first of all, we're talking about the 60-yard line, which you, did you you wrote that? Yes, along with my my, with Nick, my homie right? and my co, co-star, Nick Greco. Yeah. Nick was great. Yeah. Oh, God. One that, of the best mustaches ever. Yeah, just... God, he hates it. I'm too. telling you, there, there were very, very... I didn't. It was flawless, in my opinion, and and I'm not just blowing smoke. It was really good because you don't know what you're going to get with an independent film, right? And when you, when when I watched it, I mean, it was funny from beginning to end. Well, I just you. totally I know. entertained. I was entertained. By I agree. It. Even before I started the mix, when we started doing like editorial, and you, they turn over the elements, the movie, and then um, the audio portion is called an AAF or an OMF, and. Um, <laughs> You start uncovering like their, like what they've done in their during the time that they that they edit, and like you start watching it for the first time, and the first impression is pretty critical. You know, you can get yeah. oh wow, this is going to be cool, or whoa, it's going to yeah. be a long two weeks, a yeah, long, long couple weeks, weeks. Yeah. and uh, when Churchill comes ripping out of the house, oh so good, screaming, I was just like, this is going to be funny. This is really so going to be funny. And then there's a cow and, you know. It's just- so from my perspective, that, like, we we appreciate that from guys like you, like Kreppel, because mm-hmm. you've seen hundreds and yeah. hundreds, especially hundreds and hundreds of indie films. Yeah, yeah. And let's be serious. If you go to a film festival and you watch indie films, in my opinion, the vast majority of them are shit. Yeah. It's true. Like yeah. barely watchable. Like, mm-hmm. oh my god, what the performances are terrible. The 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 plot and story is like yep. predictable or or so not predictable that it doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? And yeah. so it means a lot coming from you. And we we tried, you know, we try to have our own voice and all that artsy bullshit. But yeah, it feels good for someone like you to say like out of the hundreds of crap and good mm-hmm. things that come through of here, course, of course. we hold up. So yeah. thank yeah. you. Well, it it really it really was. I mean, it, it was really good. I, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge independent film fan. I love independent film. And honestly, there, I didn't see any holes in any of the performances or yeah. anything. It was yeah. just, I was just really engaged in. So what is, what, how long did it take to make the film? Why did you make the film? I know it's sort of based on a true story. The, in fact, the guy that sold you the house, right, is the, uh, was the actual owner of the house. Am I correct on that? That's correct, yep. Yeah. So um, from beginning in, what did it, how long did it take you to make it? There, oh boy, this is always a, a it's weird... good to see you, dude. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I keep going. God, he's here. <laughs> he made it. He did it. You're the only one. Sorry. <laughs> Here you go. Everybody else is glad to be rid of me. <laughs> oh, 
Um, yeah, yeah, go do a podcast. Go, yeah, go, go, yeah. Go do a podcast. We'll see you later. I'm gonna need my Saturday back. <laughs> um, boy, all right. So I, I went and visited the house. It all came from uh, just being an actor and writer and director. You're always looking for a good story with that has conflict. And I went to a Packer game. My buddy was like, "Hey, we bought this house that's basically in the parking lot of Lambeau Field." Hmm. That was like 2004. I had just moved to LA. So I was kind of just getting my bearings of like doing the whole like actor, writer, director thing, which of there are several now. It used to be a unique thing and now it's not so unique anymore. <laughs> um, so I got there and as soon I walked up like maybe a half hour before game time and it was crazy. And I immediately was like, this is a movie. So that was 2004, oh, wow. 2006. Okay. I, don't rem- I don't recall because we were drunk. You're just always drunk. Yeah. <laughs> In Green Bay. Um, so I started writing it way back then. I did another short. And, you know, my, my, the guy that owns the house is a huge movie buff. Uh, good, great. One of my best friends, Tim Luke. And uh, so he loved what I was doing out here. And he just loves movies in general. Like literally to this day, oops, this day we uh, text back and forth. Of, like I just went and saw Jojo Rabbit and we'll discuss mm-hmm. that for anyways. So um that's when it first started, and then I got some. I wrote, had it written by two thousand and end of two thousand six, early two thousand seven. I started putting the word out that I wanted financing, and then somewhere in the middle of two thousand and seven, I had people interested, wealthy people interested, and then the housing thing hit of two thousand eight, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the wealthy people that were interested were housing. They own like their industry was a housing development industry, and I literally just got like, I this is after like months of conversations of hmm. like you know, pitching budgets, all this stuff. And literally I just said like, Hey, are we still talking on Monday? And I literally got an email back from them that said like, we are no longer in the business of doing movies. Thanks. You, thank you wow. for your time. Good luck. Blah, 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 wow. blah company. And I was heartbroken. And I was like, Oh, this is the end. This is it. This is the end of all sure. of it. Um, sure. So then, Oh God, a lot happened. My career kind of went good from there on out as an actor. I was booking things and people were still excited about the story and I don't even know what happened to get it started up again in like 2013. And so it took from like 2008 so to crazy. 2013. Basically, 2000, let's call it 2005 to average it out to 2013 to finally start up again. Mm-hmm. And then we blah, 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 did a kick. We did a Indiegogo thing. Perfect. Yep. To, get, to get our lawyer and to get our casting. And then more money came in and more money came in and blah, blah, blah. Uh, finally, a, a really a great guy, a big Packers fan named John Newhouse came in and he's our executive producer that got us over the edge. He basically pretty much fully funded the rest of it. It's only a $250,000 film. That's right. how much it costs to make, which is it's amazing. oddly hard to raise when you hear about all these people like, oh, only $10 million for a, yeah. this movie or $10 million for this restaurant. And I'm coming in just asked for 250000 and it was difficult. It was yeah. very difficult. And how many days did it take to shoot? Because I know you split it up, right? Yep. You came back in winter and did a few. Yep. We did uh, We did 18 days in Green Bay from uh, November 3rd, for whatever 18 days later is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> November 20th. That's got to be the 21st. 17, maybe the 21st. <laughs> yeah. Um, then we came back here to L.A. because uh, we had some bigger name people that we couldn't fly to Green Bay, and we shot interiors for Green Bay here in L.A. Oh, okay. Yeah, That's so interesting. We did four days in Green Bay and then waited till. This was the tricky part. Is we wanted the snow because we yeah. knew that would help put us yeah. uh, production design wise above. Like it really, it's really a different thing yeah. Yeah. for most people to see. So we had to wait until it snowed in Green Bay, and then 
we got the phone call from because the Green Bay Press Gazette was was our media outlet. Like they were always asking <laughs> us, like, "What's going on? What's, What's going on? When are you Where coming are you back at? to shoot? When are you coming back to shoot?" And we're like, "We're waiting for it to snow." And I literally got an email from my from the editor that morning of like, "It snowed two feet last night, and it's supposed to stay cold for the next you know like month right. and a half." And we literally like started. We fired back up production, bought plane tickets, we got the schedule set, and we were like, "We need to be there by this date." And so cool. So we went back and shot four or five more days with snow. Mm-hmm. And literally the last day, luckily, we had done all the exteriors the first four days. And that last day, we still had a few interior pickups. So we started editing the film waiting while we were waiting for it to snow. So we got an idea of what pickups. Pickups are things that you see like, oh, we missed that. We need to oh, add perfect. this yeah. shot of this or whatever. Oh, that's Yeah, yeah like okay. this scene isn't working. It would be nice if we had a this of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. we go back, you you make a compile a list and hopefully it's not too expensive to go back and pick up those scenes and shoot them real quick. Right. So we had a, a, excuse, an interior scene and literally in, in one of the shots of looking out the kitchen, you can see the, like one morning we woke up and it was like 53 degrees and it had rained and all the snow was literally gone. Like we woke <laughs> up and it was gone. That's like how, how nice yes yeah. yeah yeah hurdles like yeah. the day before it was it got up to maybe like eight degrees and we were shooting outside in it yeah went to sleep woke up it was 53 degrees and raining and it was gone wow and and luckily we had all the gotten all your your so, shots yeah yeah so that was yeah that was it and then and then we had it all in the cast so all together 18 four and five days all together so 18 27 25 27 days wow mm-hmm. yeah and did you do the editing I didn't. No, we 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 hired an editor. Okay. Uh, which yeah, he did a great job. Now, were you also same as you you, you were with with Michael, uh, kind of standing over their shoulder, walking them through the process, the cuts that you wanted, and all the final cuts, or do you do you just hand it to the editor and let them do their their thing? They all work kind of differently. Each editor works differently. This guy liked to do. He was also uh, there's another aspect of it called AE, an assistant editor who mm-hmm. literally brings in all the files. Yep organizes them t- checks the um the script notes mm-hmm. the, the script uh script supervisors notes of like what got shot what takes have what what are the director's favorites and and then they literally just start throwing them into what's called the timeline and literally just piecing the yeah, movie yeah, together yeah. yeah so some like you to be there for that whole part i prefer not to anymore i used to like to be there mm-hmm. but now i realize that you just end up hand holding it too much and I like editors who you don't need to hold their hand, that they, they have a sense of humor and they have a creative side. Um, this, this one was, <laughs> I wish there would have been a little a little bit more create creativity, but maybe that was our fault for not letting him. So anyways, we, we would just hand it off to him and then we would go and do a, a, a watch down. And the very first watch down of the first rough cut is, is, is ter- it's, it's a nightmare. So you're it, you're taking a lot of notes, probably right. Tons of notes, yeah. and you don't like you're it, it like it literally it makes the movie look awful. Like you're like, why did we even do this? Oh. And I've heard, luckily since then, I've heard huge directors, you know, like Ron Howard and everybody, just say like, oh yeah, the first time you watch a film, you're like, I think Don Cheeto once said like, I just wanted to bury the whole thing in my backyard. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I just want to pretend it, we never did it because yeah. it was so terrible. Man, so, and that's, but that... that's when that's when you start to, in my opinion, and it's similar to, like, uh, we put our sounds together, and it, you you know you you start to shape it. Oh, that's right. Cool. And so yeah. you have your assembly, and you start looking at. Then it starts to come together. Yeah, and, and then feel then, his, then their vision starts to go. Okay, now if we cut to this sooner, we can trim off this. We don't need to see that because 
we're implying this by this shot or something something like that. You're painting right? it. You're painting yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I this is a, a random analogy, but have you ever been on YouTube and you see the guys that they turn they use the lathe and they turn the vases mm. or whatever with the wood chipper I things? Have, yeah. So that's kind of like making a movie. The first rough assembly is just when you take a log off of a tree and you put it in. <laughs> yeah, totally, dude. Totally just put yeah. it into the um, the lathe and let it spin. And it's just like, it just looks like a crappy log that you've cut into. Mm-hmm. That's a great analogy. And so you're just like, oh, you can't use that for anything. And then once you start whittling it down and getting your timing down and how the scenes flow and the pacing of each scene and your first act leads up to this point and then you, yeah. know, you hit your midpoint and all that, so on and so forth. Right. Artsy stuff. So, yes, it's it, that's that's really – and then you do even more of that when you get into the sound mix of, you know, just it all, it all blends together and you whittle it down to these beautiful, smooth, shiny yeah. vases that you can put, you know, so you co-wrote it. Yep. And directed it. I didn't direct okay. it. I mean, uh, we had a, our director was uh, another good friend of ours, Leaf Gantfort, came in and directed it, and that was, um, you know, out of love to direct it. And um, sometimes in hindsight, I say I wish I would have, just because I'm a control freak. But at that time, since I wrote it, I was the executive producer. I was running the business end and raising the money mm, and all that lot, stuff too. A lot of running around. A lot of running around. I, you know, when you do a two hundred fifty thousand dollars film, everybody's wearing about nine hats too many. Mm-hmm. Literally, like yeah, you're doing yeah, yeah. too many things. Yeah. If I would have directed it, I'm guessing there would have been things like we didn't even get done because like we, it would have been a disaster. Smart. So, yeah, you just need a third eye to come in and just Smart. keep the thing on the rails while you're over here keeping other things on the rails. Right. As you're as you're ramping up to like, okay, we have our first day of principal shooting. How many times have did you guys go back and like tweak the script? I mean, was it like if we just did this little thing that would fix this little thing? If I mean, how many rewrites were there? A lot. I want to say the well, from start to finish, there was there were there was in the. 80s oh wow but nice. from where we really got it to a point where we're like okay let's let's start putting this out there i think there were maybe 21 revision i remember there's a 20 in my scripts folder for the 60 yard line it says 21 we just did it yeah. by number right so yeah i think about 21 nice revisions well that's the beauty in it too because now did you allow for actor creative input as this, as the actors were rolling through scenes and, and any improvisation or anything like that? 100%. Yeah, we were very improv. Like, I almost require it in any project it's that awesome. I work on. Cool. So the way I like to work is, uh, and, and many, many other directors and writers work this way, he's like, you do it to the script, and then hopefully if you have time, it's like, all right, let's do a fun run. And even typically we, t- we hire comedic actors who they'll improvise no matter what. You know, like they'll. It's always good that they improvise at the tail end of a scene or at the very beginning of a scene, because then, because then it's you can mess with those two at the end when you're cutting it. But that, but then sometimes, like some of the most real, poignant, hilarious moments come out of improv. Yeah, like the great actors. Like I come from an improv background. Like I started at Second City, Chicago, okay. so I only know how to like improvise. Then you write from your improv. Like that's how Second City works. Is you right? You take an idea. You take a suggestion. You improvise a scene, 
it probably sucks, but you, you find a little gem in there, then you write around that and put it up again, and nice. blah, 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 and so on and so forth. So, How long, a, did, how long were you in, in Improv Second City? I did a little bit of Groundlings, so I do know a little bit of their their process is similar. They, yep. they, they have a writing team, and it does come from the improv. The writing comes from the improv scenes, similar to that. How long did you do that, Second City? Um, I, I was never part of any of the companies there, but they have a great conservatory, so I graduated from the conservatory, and I was there. I think it takes you about a year, a little oh, over really? a year to get through the whole thing. Yeah, Groundlings is much different. It's hard to get into the the and you have to be in the company to actually, uh, to you know, sort of graduate from there. And yeah, be part of the the main the main cast and stuff like that. But. Yeah, I don't know how it works at, at the Second City in Chicago anymore. But it was like you could sometimes there was a wait list, sometimes not. But then you do the first two, you do level one, level two, then you have to audition to get into level three. Right. Um, most people don't get past that. Like I didn't get past that my first audition. I had to go back and take level two again and then audition again. Then I got to level three. Nice. Um, but then, yeah, then, I mean, I auditioned for the, the, the touring companies and the, the main companies and all that stuff while I was there. And I mean, it's, there are some talented, talented comedians and improvisers in Chicago. Like they're, they're literally the world's best. And I, I don't think I ever really even came close to making part of the company. However, there's a lot of shows that are like they have Donnie Skybox and there's a lot of other shows you can do there. So I did, I was there all together from 99 to 04 and I did shows. Oh off, wow. That's a long time. Yeah. Off and on there throughout those and all four of those years. They have, they have a sketch program too. That's part of the second city. I don't know if it's like that anymore, but they have a writer's program. So the writers, and then you can go in and audition. The writers put up a review, you audition for their review and then cool. they put that up. That's awesome. Which is separate from the main company and all that stuff. Now, so, yeah. uh, we, we still want to talk about the movie because there's some some uh, really cool scenes that, that I really enjoyed. Okay. Um, <laughs> but the did you, stand-up comedy, have you ever done that? Yes, I did that so, in Chicago so as well. was saying you did that. I, I, what was your experience with that? Because I've, I've done it as well. And it uh, as, as a musician... Uh, being up on stage, nothing compares to how scary it is to get up there, at least your first few times doing stand-up comedy. How far did you get with it, and are you still interested in doing stand-up comedy? Yeah, I, it's funny you say that. I've, I've been writing a lot lately and trying to get back into it. But when I was in Chicago, so before I got going in the sketch comedy and improv world, I, I started first doing stand-up. I started doing stand-up in college, like literally at house parties. Nice. And uh, my friends always told me I was funny. I probably wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, You're a funny. Guy, I don't know dude, if but... anybody's really that funny the first time they're trying to write jokes on a stage. It's it's different to be funny in conversation, but actually write your jokes, write a punchline. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's it's a whole different thing. Like totally you, different. Yeah, for people out there, like oh, everybody says I'm hilarious when I'm drunk. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a that's a yeah, way no. different thing yeah. than doing stand up. <laughs> totally like it's, different. I mean, it's hey, try it. Write some of your drunk shit totally down and go drunk. put it up on stage, totally. and we'll watch you fall flat on your face. Oh, and they will. And it, and, and it is. It, I don't know about you, but uh, the first few times I did it, I was just, man, just nervous. And, yeah. then, and then you know, then you have a good set, and it's totally different. It's rewarding. It feels great. It wasn't my thing. I realized it wasn't. But but I'm really glad I did it. How long did you do it? How many how many times did you do it? I did it. Oh, a lot. I. Yes, and you're numb the very first few yeah. times, and um, I got going pretty well. I was doing like Zanies in the Chicago area, and then there's a lot of good little venues I don't remember anymore because mm. it's been a long time. Uh, yeah, I, I moved away from there in t 2004, but yeah, I got going pretty good. I didn't like um, <laughs> stand-up comedians are crazy people, for in my opinion, like a lot of them are like. <laughs> Well, I take that back. In my opinion, you you're right in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're always going to run into that jacked up 
old school comedian that you have to wait in the green room with. Mm. And I was a pretty like I was a pretty baby faced young, like twenty two year old thinking I was the funniest thing in the world. And th- like a forty five year old veteran comedian will love to tear you down. Mm-hmm. And they're all like a lot of them were like divorced and bad health and alcoholics. <laughs> And have, uh, you know, yeah. so I was like, I don't really want to be around these people. <laughs> <laughs> so right. I kind of like, you know, because in sketch comedy and in, in improv different. world, it's like being in a band. and you're Yeah, like, it's totally there's, different. There's a lot of girls. Like the stand-up world for the most part back then was men. Yeah. And and so not, and so with the improv world, there was a lot of girls. I'm mm. like, I don't need to finish that sentence. I, just like I know, of, I know how math works. Yeah, a lot of fun, like a lot of a lot of late nights and rehearsals and mm-hmm. drinking, and I just fell into that, and I liked it. So I just kind of put stand up on the on the back burner and, and went into the sketch. Well, world, I'm with so. you. I'm with you on that. I actually enjoy the improv more, and I think that has a lot to do with with my music background too. You're you're. I like working with people. That yeah. Way, and and with stand up, you're you're working with an audience, but. It's it's just different. It's I mean it's it is an art and and the, and stand up comedians are just it's impressive to me the the really successful ones what they can do, um, but I liked the improv better. I liked working with somebody, working off of somebody. Uh, so I'm kind of with you on that. It's, you know, and it comes from music too. It's mm-hmm. the same thing. I'm sure you can relate, Michael, with yeah. just jamming, just being up there with people fa- and supporting each other. My favorite. It's cool, man. Yeah, and it leads to a. Um, a language on the mu- on the music thing. Yeah. Like it you start feeling it's pretty sweet and it turns into like this uh exercise and you're building it up and tearing it down, and building it up even a little bit more and then tearing it down. Yeah. And when you get good at that, you actually affect the listener and create those moments when when you hit those high those those high not literally high notes but when you hit the high point in the jam everybody's clicking on all cylinders you get like this feeling inside a visceral feeling from that and it's really amazing and i would say that improv is probably similar uh in a lot of ways you 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 really find that groove uh i never really I, i can't say i really ever found the groove with improv i never took it as far as i probably could have um, but when it was working, it was working great, and it was really fun, and you're getting laughs, and and that's fun. So back to the movie. Right, one of my favorite, one of my favorite uh, scenes. Okay. Okay. The fight scene <laughs> with you and Nick. We laughed hard on the I way mean, down it, today talking about it. It starts <laughs> in the basement, works its way up, and then you end up in the snow. Yeah. That was hol- I, I mean, I, I'm just giving you. I'm just saying that was awesome. Yeah, I mean, you don't. There's no comment has to come from it. I just thought that was hilarious. Well, Great not, moment. My my favorite part about that as well is how the fight starts, like the little fluttery yeah. slapping, and then yeah. it turns into, and then it's running up the stairs, and then there's some big action in the in the kitchen, and it's oh true. my gosh, just like all the way out to the by snow. the time you get outside, I remember too. Nick was breathing so heavily. <laughs> yeah, you guys would take breaks. Oh my, <laughs> yeah, that was great. Too. Good. I mean. Too we, good. Our theory was well, so so it's what's the is it a Family Guy with the with what's his name in the chicken, the dad. And oh the chicken. yeah 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 yeah. So that's they, the inspiration forever. Yeah, yeah, that's the inspiration. Then the other inspiration, and I think I think Nick was the definitely. I I can't take credit for coming up with this idea. I could just take credit for being part of it and <laughs> improvising. That was very improvised, by the way. Like we kind of knew what we were gonna do, but anyways, 
Uh, and how how many takes was it? That just one take? I mean, or did no? It did take that, a we had to split that one up quite a bit uh, because of location. Location, right? yeah. yeah. Yeah, you didn't have the snow. Probably did you have the? Did you film the, the first part, or did you do it all when you were? I think we did it all. That we did it all when we were back. Okay, in gotcha. the winter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that it was all. It was way broken up into different setups of. Different shooting right. it from different directions, a different mm-hmm. setup of the camera, yeah, and shoot all that. it up the stairs. Now shoot back down the stairs. Now get in the kitchen. Shoot from this side. Shoot <laughs> from that side. It's yeah. awesome. But uh, oh, so our point with the whole thing is like if you've ever seen, you know, the toughest guys in the world, either in like college fights or bar fights or just street fights in general, mm-hmm. dudes get tired pretty quick. Like, oh, yeah. like you and I know the fight world, and <laughs> yeah. like fighters are a different breed. And like if you really know how to fight, you can fight for a while, and you know how to conserve energy and your mm-hmm. emotion. But dudes that are just fighting, <laughs> you get tired pretty quick. Oh yeah, someone yeah. always always ends up just like getting beat up because they got tired, not because they're not tough. But so that was our theory: is like most dudes out there that think they're tough. You're gonna get tired after about <laughs> six it. swings at each other. You're gonna be dead Seriously. to the world. Yeah, that, so, like so, so tired you can't stand up. So in our fight, we we were like, okay, we're gonna get tired like four or five times and just be like, hey, hang on, just time out, all right? <laughs> and your friends, you'll give each other that time. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that was that great. Is amazing. So you fi- you said you guys relate to each other in the fighting world. Are you we beat each other up all the time? Do you, do you train that way, or you are you a do well, you fight? Kre- Kreppel has trained. Kreppel has, you've, you have a pro record, right? In no. MMA? No. Oh. Amateur? Yep. Okay. I don't. I forget what your amateur record was. Like, you said, I know you. Is there's you, a lot of zeros at the front. Okay. But you got <laughs> sick then somewhere in the middle. After it or before it? Um, the zeros at the front. That's great. Actually, I I got, I got sick after my first fight. Okay. Yeah. So I had my first fight in 2010. Yep. MMA. MMA. Okay. Yep. Um, then I was diagnosed a month later. That's right. Then in February of 2011, I had my second fight. Okay. And then 2012, I had my third, but they were very, like my first one was a big ramp up. My second one was, I have to do this. I never should have been allowed to do it. Like a marathon, like I had to run a marathon. I never should have been in that octagon yeah. at that stage i was eight weeks after chemotherapy right? so you just, it was, it was <laughs> just, a personal challenge yeah yeah i never should have done it i did it yeah um and then i went and fought in vegas and um the kid jabbed me my eyebrow opened up they called mm. the, they called the fight and i was like okay that's it uh, i'm fucking 40 years old at yeah. 42 years old i started at 40 yeah anyway yeah. But do you roll around on the mat and squeeze and tickle? <laughs> Mostly tickle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, buddy. Gucci. No, there's some squeeze. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, honestly, I'm a fanboy. Like, I like it. I think it's a great workout. Uh, I train with a Thai, uh, a thai boxing uh, team now, but I will not probably ever, maybe. What gym? Mi- the Thai Boxing Institute, Mar Vista. Oh, nice. Yeah, Victor Acosta. Is cool. Great. I love it. How it, often do you do it? I usually do go three, I usually train th- three times a week. Okay. Yeah. And what does that consist of as far as time and what you're doing? It's an hour of of, uh, drilling and kind of like conditioning. Mm -hmm. So you just, you know, it's technique. He's really hardcore on having perfect technique. And then uh, then we spar. You you don't have to spar, but you can stay and you just, you know, you put on the the shin guards and everything and and you spar for. And do they they have like, um, 
I know when I used to spar in karate, um, they would allow black belts to spar lower belts. I know there's no belt system in Thai boxing. Look at you. (laughs) But um, (laughs) is there there like experience, like the younger guys who don't want to spar with the more experienced guys? Is there... Yeah, our co the coach at the at the gym kind of regulates it. Like he'll see like he'll let anybody match up with anybody. But if he sees somebody who's been doing it for ten years is matched up with me who's been doing it for what not like a year, not even, almost a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this particular gym, anyways. He'll 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 warn the ten year guy. He'll be like, you know, like hey, yeah, he's like cool it yeah you know like no no clinching and tossing mm-hmm. no head kicks no hard head kicks right you know and he'll he'll be like 30 percent, 10 percent. yeah 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 so yeah. he and we used to call it black belt control okay yeah that's what we would call it in karate yeah and, were you a black belt mm-hmm. michael yeah oh awesome yeah, yeah. so so yeah no they 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 control it he he he's pretty strict about it and like, that's awesome sorry to interrupt but yeah. isn't that cool because if you got your ass kicked by these guys, would you want to go back? Yeah. Well, one of the when I first started back years ago, I first started training. I first started sparring. It was maybe the second time I started sparring, and they didn't they didn't watch it. And there's always these guys that come yeah, in yeah. there. And I always use this now. Like, there's a lot of guys that think they're going to come in and get their UFC contract after yeah. like a week of, of right. training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. So yeah, I'm in. Point. I'm in there, and they're like, "All right, Pat, up. You can spar. You know, just remember thirty. Just go thirty percent." And sure, I paired up with this dude that came in off the street, and he thought he was going to be, he had his UFC contract coming, and it was mm-hmm. like, first jab I threw. Like, I jabbed, and he wound up and, like, threw a roundhouse kick as hard as he possibly could, and his toes caught my ribs, and they, it definitely broke yeah. my ribs. And I yeah. went down, and I, I was it. I was like, yeah. I did training again for another, like, three years. So 30%, wow. basically, for those who don't know what that means, is, like, you're going at 30% power, yeah. right? Yeah, you're, right. You're, like, you're doing the moves. You're getting in and you're mixing it up, and you might land something that's a little bit harder, but overall, you know you're doing less right. on the output. Yeah, you're, you know, conscious, you're, not, you're conscious of, of less. Yeah, right. you're being a human. Yeah. You're not actually in a fight. You're just you know, touching. You're, you're yeah. just trying to, like, with a jab, you just want to yeah, touch you. Touch. Just touch. Yep. Exactly. So, yeah. hmm. So, yeah. oh, that's interesting. <clears throat> so, yeah. I love the fight game, dude. It, it's, there's so much, it's amazing. It's like, a, it's like chess with your body, mm-hmm. either on the ground or even, even standing do, do up. Do you watch MMA too? <clears throat> yeah, I watch all, I watch MMA, Thai, Muay Thai. Do you think that it helps you daily? Absolutely. 100%. Like it, yeah, man. It's like this. In, in this what way? Mentally or? Aware, awareness. A body calmness. awareness. Yeah. It mm. gives you, uh, yeah, like remember to breathe. Mm-hmm. And it just overall, it gives you a confidence of everything's going to be okay. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I've always um, been interested you, in, in martial arts. Uh, I, I, I was so a yoga good. teacher though, so I, I was that that was very centering as well. Being right. a, being a yoga instructor and practicing yoga and right, stuff right. like that. But I've always been interested in martial arts as well because I think it has sort of the same uh, byproduct mentally. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. there's a there's a thing that at the gym that um, that I used to train at, and one of my best friends, uh, Professor Anderson. Um, he used to teach us situational awareness Mm. during our MMA stuff, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. And we would do these drills that would, um, we would have multiple attackers. And so you would have to engage one because you couldn't do two, right? You had to, you had to hold one off and then you would handle the next one. And then you would, you know, it's like very quick trading off, but you were doing one at a time. You couldn't, you couldn't do two. Right. If they closed in on you, so basically teaching you how 
to move around in these situations, right? So that you could you could just deal with one person at a time. Exactly. And that always led to things like, look, when you go into a restaurant, you want to know there's another door than the entrance. There's a door in the back. Um, there's possibly another emergency exit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like you think about these things and then you start going in and you're like, with the combat training, and I don't mean armed forces, but in the sport, um, you turn into sort of like a awareness magnet. Hmm. You cut, not sizing people up per se, but you're yeah. like going, yeah. And, and distance management, you know, like you're walking on the sidewalk and someone's coming along and you're pushing your 15 month old. You're kind of like, okay, this guy kind of got a funny look on his face. So you know to like get in between the baby and mm-hmm. watch him and kind of duck your chin yep. a little bit. Yep. Pretend you're not doing anything and just let him go by. In mm-hmm. case he sucker punches you that you can, yep. you know, get Get out, get your That's chin exactly out of right. the way. It's yep. just little things. Like you're not always trying to get into a fight. You're just kind of always aware of like the potential that. It's yeah, I know how to get you away from mm-hmm. me. Yeah, basically, you know how to get away. Like I know how to get you away from right. me. Yeah. Not judge <laughs> right. the distance here. Yeah, I know how to get you away from me. There was a meme this morning I saw on um, on the internet it made me laugh. That made me. You just made me think <laughs> of it. It was uh, the meme says um, school principal, and then um, your son has been fighting at school. And the dad was, is he closing the distance? Is he is he doing takedowns? <laughs> yeah. How's his cardio? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Super funny. That's, That's great. Really funny. All right, so back to the film. Yes. The awkward- The 60-yard line. Yes, exactly. The 60-yard <laughs> line. Thank you. Uh, the awkward office kiss. Yeah. That was hilarious. Yep. So uh, I'll do some recapping. Obviously, your film, you'll, you'll recap it way better than me, but- um, but you, you're with your fiance, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're going to get married, you're saving up for your wedding, but instead of actually doing that, you bought a house. Yep. And then when she goes out of town, you just make it a Packer house. Make the whole house a man cave. Yeah. Cause it Packers was actually a cave. really nice house before that. She did a great job of decorating and you just destroyed it. Yep. And that was basically where you guys went separate ways. And then this girl comes along, right? She starts to help you guys organize the parking or whatever. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, she's she, like a latchkey kid. She, she latchkey, yeah. So that's the girl you're kissing yeah. when you go to give your ex-fiance her jacket back, right? Yep. Am I right about that? Yeah. And she, and you got, <laughs> and she's with her boss, and you guys just have this, what was that kiss? And did you, did you come up with that on the spot, or was it planned, or? Yeah, we wrote that. I think it might have originally been in a different, we had it that, uh, she showed up at the house. It usually it originally was written that the, the ex-girlfriend and the boss showed up at the Packers house and she's like, I need that very expensive black jacket. I'm pretty sure it's here. So then we somehow changed it because I think that the budget changed and we had to shoot it there because we were there. Anyways. So yes, yeah, so we just want that's just a big conflict thing. Like, you know, the whole basic question is like, will they be together or not right. be together? So yeah. to add you know, fuel to the fire. Yeah. They both show up and like, that's the, whole, that's part of any relationship is like when you break up the first person that you get with and you <laughs> right. see your ex. So like we tried to heighten as much as we could, like they've broken up and now they both kind of have somebody new in their lives and we need to heighten them seeing each other with this someone new in their life. Yeah. How far can we take that? Yeah. It, it was. I remember that very specific because so we worked a long time to get that dialogue clean because yes. of the sound that was embedded in the audio. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yep. 
That's so, interesting. See the things you don't know. The yeah. things, you, yeah. the, the finished product, the things you just don't know. Well, the location was awesome. I mean, it looked visually that was compelling. Green, that was a right? Green Bay Press Gazette. Oh, there you go. Yeah, well, that that's a nice tie-in to uh, mm. your media outlet. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's cool. Um, the uh, but the location was loud. Yeah, it was loud. It was very loud, and like in movie making, that's not optimal. You don't want loud. You want it quiet. You want it as quiet as possible. So then you can add loudness if you want mm -hmm. uh, or any if, kind of background sounds if you want and a lot of the screenings i think that might have been one of the one of the most raucous audience oh, reaction great. scenes i was <laughs> laughing out loud it might be one room. of my favorite it's a very movie -y scene and, and and you say after do you do you do you have butter on your lips <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh you caught that i did that I loved that. I was like, "Oh God, this is." That's great. one of my favorite jokes. I don't recall what. It's yeah, great. It, that was one of my favorite jokes. Definitely, like, because uh, she would do that. You know, just like kind of. She's kind of trashy. Right. <laughs> You're right. Put butter on your lips. Yeah, butter on your lips. Yeah, I ran out of chapstick. Oh, my does goodness. that work? <laughs> it was great. Uh, so that's one of my favorite parts. Uh, then you also have Randall Park in the film. Yeah. And he's somehow living, his name's Trapper, he's somehow living somewhere in a place that you never knew about. Now, the, the one thing I will... Within the house Within the house, bought. within the house that you bought, yeah. And he has a daughter that's painted on the wall. <laughs> stick figure. Stick figure. She's, uh, he, she's a stick figure. He's a super interesting uh, character in the film. But uh, one of the parts that I found funny <clears throat> is that you guys say sword, right? And I, I found that to be funny because my wife says that. she Every time she says sword, she says sword, she pronounces the W. So I was like, I just had to point that out. Yeah. Oh, thank you. That was you a nice little addition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Well, what's funny was uh, our DP, I improvised a joke on the day of like, so so we both see each other and he has us, he scares me, whatever, in the scene. Mm -hmm. And he has, a, he has a sword and I'm like, Put down the sword, <laughs> and then he freezes and he's like, "You pronounce the W in sword too?" <laughs> yeah, I love it. And I, I don't know how it didn't end up in the cut because, like, I had a reaction that that I I thought was one of my, I thought was genius, like of my own. Yeah, look at me tooting my own horn like an asshole. <laughs> and I'm like, my excuse for say pronouncing the W is like, well, it's there. It's there exactly. <laughs> You know, yeah, and well, somehow that didn't make the cut. Like I forget why we didn't use it, but anyways. Yeah. Well, so. I I thought you did have a moment where you said it. Maybe am I wrong about that? But you guys, I think you did have a moment where in the film where you're like, you pronounce the W too. You say that right? Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that that's okay. Yeah, okay. that's the. But his improv after. Oh, got, I got yeah. The whole scene cut. is the whole scene is <clears throat> where I say like, I'll put down the sword, and he goes, "You pronounce the W and sword too?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And one, one, I went, yeah. Oh, I got you. It's in there. <laughs> right. It's okay, right. gotcha. So th those are some of my favorite well, moments. thank you. Yeah, I just, I thought I'd have to point some of those funny, out. Funny fucker. What are your favorite moments? I mean, what, what, what do you think, or, or were there jokes that you thought might land that didn't, or did all the jokes, all the joke points that you were hoping for actually land? And what's that they were, like, right? They were because pretty crafted, dude. I know this is a long They're question. They were well done. I mean, I, I don't think that... I personally don't recall hearing you talk about that didn't work. See, and it's an interesting thing, right? It's a it's a long question. I apologize for that, but when you're doing stand up, you, I mean, you know right away. You're you're creating a film. Do you know right away? I mean, you really don't know right away no. until you see a screening and they're actually reacting. Yeah, I mean, you try. We try to use our judgment in the cuts, and I will say, like, the, the, those are some of my I I. I only focus on like what I think don't didn't work, mm -hmm. which I 
on paper, there are points where on paper it was hilarious, and then it just didn't come out in the film. But those those scenes are, were some of my favorites. They were great. That uh, yeah, I would I would say those the the trapper stuff, the stuff I did with Randall Park, I think was he's was some great of my too. Yeah, I mean he's 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 really funny. Oh, the 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 dining room table scene after post breakup where we're drinking the keg, where mm-hmm. Nick and I are drinking the keg. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For me personally, that, those are that's my favorite because it was the funnest to shoot. Yeah, it didn't come out as the funniest stuff in the film. Mm-hmm. Right, but for me, like that, that was that was the best. That's cool. Yeah. So. Long, you know, was it rewarding to do this? You, you 400, watching it 400 times, I mean, from beginning to end. How much of a learning do, do you, experience, yeah, right. dude? I mean, like, what did you... What do you take away from it? Astronomical learning experience. And then, um, hold on, let, listen, let, here's a two-parter. Yeah. And then in your current project that you're sound mixing, right? Mm-hmm. Were you able to apply the learns from 60-yard line to your new thing which you need to talk about yeah i want we want to move on to that too yeah what you're doing 100 percent. it's uh so yeah i think uh ron howard says it in one of his master class you know those master class mm-hmm. things that you always get oh, ad yeah. served yeah. Yeah. uh what does ron howard say like making movies is a very quick way to absolutely breaking your heart <laughs> like it it breaks your heart like i nick and i both still like commit we're like we, we I've tried to be positive and, you know, and not say the whole thing just didn't come out the way we wanted to. But the, a lot of it, we were just like, I think it's because we're perfectionists. And yeah. we're like, oh, we should have done this and we should have done mm. that. And that doesn't. And oh, why doesn't it? And I think it's because we when we, we were done, we were like, this, we were like, this movie's going to make $10 million. And it didn't make $10 million. And for some reason, we have that stuck in our head that like it did well. Don't get me wrong. It's still doing decent. Mm-hmm. for an indie film with no real big big names in it but i think we focus on that too much i i, I think on that's the stats yeah on the on the bottom line mm-hmm. numbers like yeah. the fact that the movie hasn't made 10 million dollars yet pisses me off mm-hmm. and i don't understand why and it, that's completely irrational but that's where my mind is and well, it shouldn't be. Well i can see why you'd feel that way you put a lot into it yeah so I can see why you'd feel that way, um, and and I, you know I get caught in that that trap just as much as anybody else, focusing on results. And results can be incredibly disappointing um, and deceiving, and deceiving as well. We had David Arm, Armstrong on uh, our first podcast, and and we had some great discussions with him about that. And he had really good advice for mm-hmm. for an actor. He said, "Stop looking at social media, that kind of thing." Mm-hmm. And and he had some really good advice in in regards to that, focusing on results. It's tough, though. I mean, you you do have some certain expectations. I think when you when you take on something like that, um, but but if but, if if you're looking at it just from my perspective, right? So this maybe maybe can be fulfilling. Is I loved it and I thought it was a great film, and yeah, it's a bummer that maybe it wasn't isn't yet or isn't incredibly commercially successful. But it did what it did what it needed to do at least for me as as a viewer, and I'm sure for many many more. So you, you met. You met your goal. Uh, it may just it may just not be as big as it as the next project. Well, I think just as a side note, and I' happy to be wrong, but making music, making movies, writing books, making podcasts, making podcasts, mm-hmm. it's result based. It is. You want people to enjoy this interview, you know? Then it gets you more. That's right. 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 And so if you write a song and you go, "Hey, man, I like that. Can I use that in this short that I'm doing?" Fuck yeah. 
yeah, this is great. That's positive feedback, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm just I'm just saying that no, you're right. Those things are results based, which it's is true. not un, unnatural to be interested in the results. No, you're right. It's true, but I, I'll tell you this: for me, what I'm doing now, expectations though are different. Yeah, that's true. Like I expect ten million bucks. Yeah, that's tough. You got to tailor. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's it too. Like I was like, you got to tailor those. You got to trim those back a little mm-hmm. expectations because you know expectations set you up for disappointment. Right, they, they really do. So I think you know, and I'm not offering advice. I mean, in my world of creating and all the different podcasts that I've created over the years, you know, I'm same man. I expected by now. By now, after five years of podcasting, to be a professional podcaster, that's not the reality, right? But what I what I what I've done lately is stopped focusing on results and focused on instead the relationships that I'm making with the listeners that I'm gaining, and and the connections that that we're having with folks like yourself and all of that. That's the reward, um, and it makes it a little more simple. I'm a little less disappointed as I walk through life. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, but but I loved the film. So and, did I, dude. Yeah. Thanks. It, yeah. It was fun to make. And it's on Amazon uh, Prime. Yeah. Available on Amazon Prime. Yeah. It's on a lot of different platforms. It's basically on everything except Hulu. Okay. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah. So, yeah. So what are you working on now? Uh, so one of the brighter sides of this is since the film, like wealth of knowledge that I've learned, like there's a ton of projects now that we're in the middle of. So I'm working on probably too, too many irons in the fire. Mm. So that's um, not a bad thing. Yeah. But uh, so uh, the next I'm working on. Oh, God. Which one should I start with? The feature film that I'm sound mixing is called Punching and Stealing. It's uh, a has, cape. has farts in it. <laughs> Spoiler. There is an actual <laughs> fart in it. Like I was like, finally, <laughs> finally, <laughs> I've, I've achieved. Uh... Yeah. And I think it I think it's pretty poignant, too. It's not it's not like. Flipping on a banana peel, funny. Yeah. It comes at a very serious moment. <laughs> I like the juxtaposition. Is it a so it's a comedy? So you're a storyteller, is what you're saying? Yeah, I call it a caper because it's kind of like a who done it. Parts of it are very serious. Uh, parts of it are uh, yeah. So it's basically uh, I play a vigilante that takes on the corporate fraud world. So you're in it. I'm in it. Yeah, and you're sound mixing it. Yes, because this one has no money. Basically, oh, wow. I took a, this is an old project. Sorry, he's yep. he's not physically sound mixing. He's he's doing it with a guy. Yes, who's a music sound mixer. Oh wow! You guys should I should introduce you to him. He's he's very well connected in the music world. Nice, great. And he's he let his wife's and I I know his wife. Her and I are actors, and she uh, kind of like. Hey Ryan, my my husband can do that. Yeah, clued into yeah, the yeah. the business. And he's also friends with uh, the one of my editor friends, uh, guys that did help edit the sixty yard line. Anyways, and so I was in a pickle, and he is like, "Well, I've been doing like commercials and TV and movie sound mixing on the side for little to nothing." And so he's like, "Yeah," I was like, "I I have some sl- a little slowdown coming up." So he's mixing it for me, and I'm I'm sitting there. That's yeah. awesome. Punching cool. and stealing. Uh, I play a vigilante in Vegas that takes on the the corporate fraud world, like guys that steal pension funds. And uh, I just thought it'd always be funny to walk into somebody's office that stole your money and just start kicking him in the head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You can't. Sure. You can't really do that. Right. I mean, you no. could. You can. And I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure there's lots. Of oh, people in today's like, age, it could happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I'm not. I'm not condoning it. Right. I, I'm making a movie about it. Yeah. So don't. 
don't right. blame me well, if you're don't do this at home kids. yeah don't do this at home kids your parents shouldn't let you and tell you that it's not real anyways right. so you did you write this one <laughs> yes. as well okay so this one is a real um I'll, we'll see what happens with it hopefully i don't know if it's going to get out into the world or not but I, I think there's something there um again took about 12 years to shoot you've seen it I, I remember the short. The short. Yeah. So there's more than that. The short did really well. Okay. I got a little more money to go shoot a web series in 2010 when web series were kind of like the thing to do. Mm-hmm. And then that didn't go anywhere. Like I really just, I, I edited the, the episodes together and I didn't like it. I put them up for a little bit. It didn't really see the world at all. Never. Then I just shut it all down. None of it saw the light of day. It's been sitting on the shelf. Now, fast forward, I'll back up to getting the 60-yard line done. Fast forward to now, I know everything about the distribution world. Not everything. Let me take that back. I know a lot more about the distribution right. world now than I ever did. And I'm like, hey, I have all this content sitting on a shelf. I re, I reverse engineered it, rescripted some of it. I went and shot, reshot just this year some interstitial stuff with myself um, and kind of re, rewrote the plot. Changed, so it's it's nothing like the short. The footage from the short and the footage from the uh, web, web series. series is used in the 90-minute feature film, but it's but the overall story is quite a bit. That's pretty cool. Different. Can you send Pieced me a Vimeo together. thing? Mm-hmm. I'd love to watch it. Yeah, I'm a huge Ryan. Don't Churchill listen fan. to it though. <laughs> no, 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 no. I know. Yeah, I know. I not that's yet. A, that's anyway. no. I I understand in, the intention part of. Yeah. You know, this is. Yeah, no, I'm done in the editorial. I I would love because it. I still don't know if it's going to work. Like if I were to rewrite it, like if if I look at it strictly from a writer's standpoint, there's parts of it where I'd have been like, "That's not working." Mm -hmm. But it's a twenty eight thousand dollar film. That's all I'm going to put on the market that I that I can repay everybody. That's you know once it's on the market and it generates income i can repay everybody that's for awesome man make help me make it mm-hmm. so that's one you said that's one. Too, too many irons so what's the what's yeah the so next? then i just i'm in the rewrite stage of a big big film um that one i can't really talk about but basically it's the fukushima story love it other than that i won't I won't go anything but it's a it's not it's a bigger it's not like chernobyl but it's a feature re- Mm-hmm. With the backdrop of the Fukushima disaster from 2011. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's like a bit uh, fish out of water story. Okay. So and that's the backdrop. So I'm really Starring excited. in it. I'm uh, not. No, this one I'm just writing and directing, oh, okay. and I wrote a, gotcha. a much smaller tertiary role. Look at you in those words. That's a big word. I don't. Even, that's over. My I just what accurately use the word tertiary. <laughs> <laughs> Never even heard it. What does it mean? I need some Thir- third, thirdiary, the third. Third or beyond in line. Mm-hmm. First, second, tertiary. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was his, that was his mouth. Yeah. So yes, it was. <laughs> yes. There's that, and then um, so Nick has always had this baby of a TV show that we're pitching called Illuminatily. Illuminatily. Yeah. So, okay. Like so it. the Illuminati world out there. Mm-hmm. It's a it's an office romance uh, in the backdrop of. In an Illuminati chapter in Mar Vista. Interesting. Yeah. All right. And uh, I like this has been Nick, has been his baby for a while, and he's had this script sitting around for a while. So we shot a spec, and we're getting some meetings on that. We'll take more if anybody's out there <laughs> wanting to make an Illumin- <laughs> Illuminati project. But Illuminati. it's on the it's on the desk. It's to, it's caught the interest of some people. That's awesome out there, and it's 
fits and starts. I want to ask you about yep. that. Um, you had mentioned a couple times about the 60-yard line is when you started and then had to stop and then you put it out there again. When you say that you're trying to get funding from people, like you, you're you're putting it out there for people to read to get interest, so that you can get what? Uh, so it's different for feature films than it is for episodic uh, series type stuff. Typically, with feature films, the, in, it, you can make them a lot easier independently. You can go out and get financing. Mm-hmm. There's a million ways to get financing. What are five? Um, you can, uh, just get private equity like we did with the 60 yard line was mm-hmm. a, a mixture of, um, so private equity, meaning like a, a person that's of of wealth that can afford to make a movie, gives you a bunch of money, mm-hmm. just one person or a couple people. And they're, they're, they're expected to get that money back. Yeah. They're just, they're investing in, in a business. And they get a yeah, percentage yeah. of sales of it for yep. the life of it. Yep. The ownership gets broken up and they get they Got get it. the front end percentage That's of like it. It's like a record deal kind yeah, of. Yeah. For yeah sure. It's exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Exactly the same as a record split split deal. Um, then uh, for the 60 yard we also did Indiegogo, which is, that's just like- Crowdfunding. Crowdfunding. Yep. Uh, so I, I raised money that way. And then product placement. Like we had a couple of different sponsors- jump in and help us with the production oh, yeah. budget. Did, yeah. A beer one? Did oh, that's yeah. Titletown yeah, Brewing. A guy right. named Jim Kratowitz, great guy in Green Bay at Titletown Brewing, gave us some money. Uh, another guy named Nick Thomas at SPS Roofing was a roofing company. We just like put his trucks. That's so cool. And t-shirts splattered. Now, in the, that's I mean, what, what, what? I mean, we don't need to talk exact details, but this is interesting shit because like, you'll watch a movie and see, oh, there goes the UPS truck. Yeah, you, you know, what I mean that that's there's a they're driving a particular kind of car, all of that you can get you can get you people could, like that. In, you could involved. I don't think you always get that sort of and tell me please, I don't think you always get the product placement sponsor. I don't know if you want to be ruled too much by it too because then right it like really thing, varies. There's things like now if you're using your iPhone on camera. And you're using it in the way that the iPhone is meant to be used. You don't have to block. You anything. don't have. You don't have to um, get permission from Apple. Right. Understood. Right. <clears throat> Pardon me. But if you have um, a Hallmark endorsement or whatever, you're going to have twelve Hallmark cards sitting on the ban- the banister, mm-hmm. in the, you know, in the in family room or whatever. Yeah. Yep. I mean, and it's all negotiated contractually of where where it's going to be and how many how many shots it's going to be in. That's right. so interesting. Like man. we even had it so like would somebody say it? Ah, like that's that's yeah. a that's like worth a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's see that's so that's so behind the scenes that we mm-hmm. nobody really I don't think anybody really knows that the the average viewer doesn't really know that kind of stuff. Right. Oh, definitely. But that's cool definitely. that they can be part of it and and help get a film made in a lot of ways. That's great. Yeah, I like that th- that that's a a way to raise money. It really I is. I think that's I think that's cool Smart. And, and useful information. Yeah. Yeah, and the hardest part is that with advertising it's not necessarily about getting a direct return. It's just about uh uh Getting your your product screen time screen time eyeballs yeah yep. you know it takes someone seven times to see something before they really realize like oh maybe that's something I want <laughs> um, so yeah so that's that's how we did it that's cool uh, so that that's one way of raising money for a film another way is um, if you're good enough you can just get loans like if you have uh, I've, I'm working with a couple of producers now uh, on the Fukushima thing where if you can get you need a little bit of money to get started so you can hire an attorney and get some paperwork done and make offers. And as soon as you 
get a big named actor attached to your script and they sign, say, I will do this movie. I will shoot for three weeks between the years. They all, I'm just, this is all hearsay or just an example of like, let's just say uh, Bruce Willis signs, he says, I'll do this movie. Bruce Willis is worth a certain amount of money in a certain type of movie internationally and domestic theatrical and SVOD and VOD box office. That's bankable. You right. can take those contracts literally to Bank That's of America. It's not Bank of America. <laughs> right. No, I know you're yeah, it might totally be. Making, making the point though. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Uh, and say to the like, money. I have I have this stuff to make this movie or restaurant or whatever. Mm-hmm. And here's three other movies that I've made and each one of them has made this much money with these actors in it. I'm gonna make this one. Will you give me will you give me the three million dollars to make this movie? So that's called the some people call it the attachment process, blah blah blah, so on and so forth. Right. Because Bruce is attached. Because Bruce is, is the yeah. lead in it and he yeah. has signed on to it. That's cool because I'm actually doing a Bruce movie right yeah, now. You Sweet. Just, yeah, you we were just looking at it just now. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah, and and each actor kind of is that's a weird thing that I, that's the part of distribution I don't understand. Almost, yeah, yeah. Where like you know, like how much like Ben Affleck is worth more than Casey Affleck in like whatever in foreign. You mean like yeah, the, the whole thing. The is, whole thing is like it yeah. gets decided upon about who's bankable and who's not, right? And that's a world I have no clue about. Right? So don't you know even what? just let me clear that up because a lot of people maybe don't understand. Is the um, the movie that we made? Um, the 60-yard line, mm-hmm. that exists domestically in English. Yes. Right? Right. It doesn't play in English when it goes to Germany. Correct. Right? We remove all of the English and then overdub German. Speak, now, you've speak. done that for uh, this film? Yes. It's, it's wow. available in uh, China, South Africa. They don't just do captioning? Mm-mm. It's actually up to them. Maybe they have. Mo- we don't most, know. Mostly most no. Most of them, most of them want, to, it. want the, the language in there. Yeah, we, we deliver a wow. a dialogless film. It's called, so an, it's called they, an M&E. M&E, yeah. yeah. Music and, and they, effects. And they do all of it. You you don't oversee, obviously, nope. any of it. They bring in actors into a thing just like this, and they watch the movie. and they That's go, crazy. Bonjour. Yeah. <laughs> S'il vous plaît. No, 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 no. Je ne sais pas. Je ne sais pas. All right, can you say, but do you have butter on your lips? Hey, Qu'est-ce que le crème de la... Lippies. Crème de la ceviche à la... I don't know, I'm close. So anyway, so anyway back, to the, the, back to the point of that whole... Uh, oh, that's funny. Thing. Yeah, is international. That, is, uh, yeah, thank you. Um the movie, the con, the actors are worth money in yeah, different crazy. different areas of the world, and so those contracts that he's speaking of are in the world. So right, so, yeah, right, yeah, that's crazy. That's interesting to me. So what is it that keeps you, you know, doing this thing? I mean, what is it? Is it what part of the? Because this sounds to me, you know, obviously just being just being an actor probably be easier, right? Or would it? I mean, you're just no. auditioning. I don't know. I think for me, for me personally, no, I can't. Like, I have a lot of actor friends that just sit by the phone, like, man, my agents, they suck. I think, like, I can't, I can't handle sitting by the phone. <laughs> for me, this, this is gonna be super artsy, but like, from day one when I started this, I've always been completely in awe and enamored by the fact that you can take something that's false and just 
words typed out on a page mm-hmm. that it this didn't may or may not have really happened, and you can turn it into human behavior. That's a story. That's cool. That's like a real truth that you're watching. It's a false thing on a piece of paper that you've turned into human behavior or animal behavior or whatever. And you are watching, listening, and listening to it, and it's affecting you. Affecting you. Yeah. That I'm enamored by it. Like I love scene work, and I will do anything possible to get the next scene in my hand to tell people a story so that people can forget about their shit lives mm-hmm. or their, the job they hate. They can forget about all that shit and disappear into a movie for 90 minutes like I do. Like when I went and watched The Joker, I was right there with him for 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. I forgot anything else existed. That's cool. Like I can't, that's like a drug to me. And I will do, I will write, direct, produce, raise money until I can make the next thing. I just So that is it. really sweet. I, I, lo- I love that answer because that's the thing. That's the, that's the nectar. That's the thing that, that, that lets you get through all the stuff that really does not sound fun. I mean, hearing you describe making the 60-yard line, I'm just like, wow. I, I know why I'm not a filmmaker mm-hmm. because to me that's it's like a that's, grind, it seems art it's arduous it's like oh my god I don't oh, I don't want to go through brutal. all that so that that's um and I think for me if I can bring it back to the results thing that we were talking about that's the thing that's the thing to focus on that's the love of actually being able to make that I'm, it's impressive to me as I sit here that you made a film I'm like blown away that you from 2005 until it actually was released, what, uh, 2017? 2017, yeah. yeah. 2017. Uh, to be able to, the stick-to-itiveness, to have that idea way back then and, and and still have it there, even though you're working on your other stuff and work on your life and your your, your household. <gasps> daddy. Daddy. Yeah. Your daddy. Oh. Married. All those things that yeah. are important. And, and maintaining a household and living in expensive-ass Los Angeles, because mm-hmm. it's expensive out here. You know, and then to actually just, keep doing it it's it's impressive and you ha- i think in order to the torture that you went through and all the stuff that you went through you have to have something that's just that powerful well to I be think, able to I put think it you to just screen. said it i think you just said exactly it. that's like, what i mean that, i'll do anything to, to do the that. next scene i, I think that's that. why why you'll do well for a long time oh yeah, well, for thank sure. you i yeah. i appreciate that from the bottom of my heart and the fact that like you picked out scenes and were like that that is slowly made i'm slowly letting the results and expectations things wear off and go like we, we made a pretty damn good film here you did yeah yeah i mean i will and still criticize it the beauty the is day it's still I die, out but... there ryan it's still well, out yeah. there i mean you know? that's, that's it's... funny that you say that because there are things too for me if we had if we had another four days to mix there would be so many things that could just get smoothed out no one is even gonna know i wouldn't right. know but I, yeah. we do. I know you do. Yeah. I know I couldn't spend that time on that. And it that scene plays and I go, God, that ADR just didn't blend very well. <laughs> yeah. You know, and if I had the time, the time, the time. And time costs money in this town. Yeah, a lot of money. At yeah. some point you just gotta let your, your babies go, man, and just, just see how they affect other people. And and uh, you know, someone like me, you know, it, I'll relate it back to what I work really hard on, and it's podcasting. I love it, right? And I'll listen. I'll listen to our show, and we focus so much when it comes to our pods on quality and pace, and because I have different shows that I do with my wife, like morning radio type stuff, and we we really focus on that stuff. And then and and then we listen to a show that sounds like dog shit, and it's really popular. You know what I'm yes. saying? And and I go, what the? F-? So what that tells me is this: oh, sorry. the <laughs> average listener doesn't give a shit that's right 
they don't give a shit as much as you give a shit. Like you're sitting there beating, beating yourself over your head going, God, we could have done this. We could have done that. And I'm in, in my living room enjoying your film going, this is awesome. Mm -hmm. None of the things that you were concerned about came, came through. Right. I'm, and I get it as a creator. I mean, trust me, some of the, some of the worst shows that I've done. I mean, we, Minnie and I, we do our podcast and we're like, that was shit. And then all of a sudden we're getting all these comments. Like, oh my God, that was so funny. That was such a great show. I love when you guys did this. I they kind of like when shit falls apart. Mm -hmm. It's weird. I, I, people are that way. That's why I had Ryan come in today. <laughs> yes. I'm a shit fall aparter. Love making shit fall apart. So well, real quick, I, I, I just want to uh, say that Jason's other podcast is called the Jason and Mindy podcast. Yes. And well, he has another one called The Difference Between Us. And another one called WTF is on Netflix and a lot. I have quite a few out there. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. But um, that's why I wanted to partner up with him because I've I've got the things with you mm -hmm. and he's got the podcast experience. So it's a great. Yeah. A great world. I Man, if you're in L.A., I am addicted to podcasts now because you're in your car. So mm -hmm. it's yeah, like, I love it. Boom, you can get, you got me. Yeah. Like, I, I love it. them. I mean, yeah. there's something about the human voice. Um, and back to what we were, we're talking about, man, it, it's impressive. And I, I love what you said that Thank you me. just, that's your inspiration, that's your thing. And I, I hope you never lose it because, uh, in my opinion, you're incredibly funny and uh, what a, you know, a, a good filmmaker. So, yeah, yeah. God, I hope it just keeps going. Yeah. And then, it. Uh, Become another to... Dupless Brothers or something like that. You that, know? that oh, I, benched, I love those right? guys. That's why I, I wish I could sit down with those guys oh. for like 10 minutes and just mm -hmm. pick their brain. I have so many questions for those guys. They're yeah. great, right? They're I mean. My favorite. I, lo I love those 10 minutes guys. and then six hours for the answers, right? You got 10 minutes to ask them all your questions and then they get to tell you. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. It's like, okay, okay, go. Let me hold on, hold on. Back up, okay. <laughs> but they're there. They're doing it. I mean, yeah. I'm telling you, it's it's one, one, and I think David Armstrong said the same thing. One, one you're waiting for one door to open. Yeah. And he just keeps writing writing scripts and keeps doing his thing. And if, if they see one good thing you like, they like, then we've got that entire back catalog of mm -hmm. stuff that you've done. Well, speaking and, of door opening, dad. Yes. Yeah, let's talk about that. What's and that? marriage. How long have you been married, by the way? We have been married since uh, November 2nd, 2012. Okay. Oh, up we're coming on up on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How old is the kid? Oh, man. <laughs> all the cliches. Come on out with all the cliches. It's a game changer. It's a life changer. Yeah. He has my heart. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have a 15-month-old boy. Nice. Wow. Congratulations. So yeah, and, and uh, we, we were trying to have him while we were making the 60-yard line. Oh, yeah? So God bless my wife. She went through hell. And uh, but no, now we have a beautiful baby boy that is literally like a mate, like the most amazing thing on the yeah. face of the universe. Yeah, you That's never so actually cool. got to meet my my son Lance, but he's about to turn eighteen. On the I remember on he was like seventeen when, yeah. when we were. He's I little, remember. Oh, dude, yeah. That's great. good kid. Um, but uh, um, uh, I forgot what I was gonna say. The um, kids farts. Oh, that's it. That's it. Thanks, dude. Um, so Churchill and I oh hadn't talked in a while. We finished 60-yard line, yep. and, you know, often you go out and you try and make that, get some legs, and go do your thing. Yeah. I'm sitting in this very room mixing something, and I get a text. It says, from Ryan, it says, hey, buddy, just checking in. We have a new one-month-old baby, and he farts with impeccable comedic timing. <laughs> Told, that's I great. immediately thought of Kreppel. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Hey, you see? Every time mm -hmm. now. 
No. You, you, that's the impression that you've left. I'm not worried. Right. It'll be like like my wife would make dinner and he'd be laying there and she'd be like, "How is it?" <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna be a, he's gonna be a comedian. Yeah, it's too good. Gonna be a comedian. Too All right, good. so I got some fun questions for you to wrap it up here. Rapid fire questions. Okay. They may suck. Okay. There's no chance that they're really good, but we the that what the what answer comes is what's gonna make these fun, right? Okay. Rapid fire. Uh, favorite ice cream. Vanilla. Vanilla. Yeah, 100%. All right. Uh, say a word in Spanish. Poquito. Poquito. That's a little bit Yeah. for those of you who don't know Spanish. Uh, who has it easier, men or women? Transgenders. <laughs> God, I okay. love you. Yeah, that's probably true. Huh? They got it easy now, man. They can do whatever they want. That's true. That is a good point. Uh, let's see. Uh, have you ever worn socks with sandals? Yep. <laughs> but not like... Is it just around the house? Or yeah, it's literally like out, uh, not out in public. Yeah, we're like taking the trash cans out. Yeah, yeah, you're like, oh, I gotta pee, <laughs> and then you're like, you run out in the front yard and put your flip flops and and you have your socks on, and because I pee in the front yard, right? Yeah. I pee in my backyard. Yeah, yeah, fun. I have a, God, I have a where larger do I pee? backyard. Where I don't know, you have a pretty big backyard. <laughs> do. Do. Oh, <laughs> you're looking at backyard <laughs> booty. So, you know what? We we're going through a water crisis here in California. You mm-hmm. save water. Go pee in the backyard mm-hmm. or front yard. Yep. All right, uh, now that I wouldn't be able to do this, so if you can, I'm going to be impressed. Name a primate besides monkeys and apes. Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, that's ma- no. That's a mammal. Yeah, it's a mammal, but not a primate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is. I didn't. I was like, that's. Should I ask it? Because I I can't answer it myself. Can you, Michael? Wow. A primate? Yeah. Besides that's not a monkey. monkey. That's not a monkey or, or an, an ape. ape. A chimpanzee? Is that uh That's a monkey. Uh, is that a monkey? Is it a monkey? I think so. Hmm. Um let's see. Uh ooh, what are they called? Those ones that uh live on Madagascar. Uh, the uh, Komodo dragons. Komodo dragons live that's there. That's not a primate. <laughs> that's, <true. laughs> that's a li- that's a lizard, very big. Yep. Uh lizard. Uh we're going to have to find the, that. What's the question? A primate. You're looking for primates. Hey, Google. Yeah. What is a primate other than an ape or mm. monkey? Mm-hmm. That was Google's too much for Google, I think. Oh, wait, human? Can oh, we say? According to animals, how stuff works. Oh, great. Within the suborder of anthropoids, mm. primates are grouped into monkeys, apes, and hominids. Huh? What? The huh? easiest way to distinguish monkeys from the other anthropoids is to look for a tail. Hmm. Most monkey species have tails, but no apes or hominids do. Hmm, that's interesting. I don't, that, is, so, I thought, are we hominids? Are we? We might be hominids. I bet you we are. Hominid, you, hominid, I, hominid, I, hominid. I thought she said hummus, and I was I got hungry. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Get in my bed. Hominid, hominid, hominid. Here's here's one. This, now this is just this is just one of those that's gonna blow your mind. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Why can't we tickle ourselves? Ah, oh, right. I mean, like I mean, none of it. None of it tickles. None of it tickles. How many of you out there digging in your armpits? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. You can't do it. Son of a... God. You just can't. It's it's really... It's disappointing. All right. Next one. What does a person need to be happy? Ooh, that's that's not rapid fire. That's kind of that's kind of deep. Well, it could go it deep. It could go deep. Or Let's leave it to Churchill to give us a, two, a two-word answer. Mm. Two to- pumps. Ah! <laughs> I don't know. Might Two pumps more. and I'm happy. <laughs> I take more from me. I don't know. At this point, 44. Oh, hell. Takes a little more from me. Yeah, you got a little baseball glove action going on down there. <laughs> it's all. 
This thing's all worn in. <laughs> it's all worn in. That's great. Catcher's mitt. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We could, absolutely. All right. Next one. Um, is there such a such is there such a thing as objective beauty? What the fuck? Whoa. Yeah. Sure. Yes. Hey, is that Sigmund Freud over there? <laughs> what are we doing? Hey, Kreppel. Yes. Kreppel, what's happening with this guy over here? <laughs> right. Okay. Next. I one. like it. Okay. What's the best age to be? The one you're at. Yeah, I agree. I, I th- there's nothing better than this age, because I was a fucking idiot. Oh, me when too. When I was oh. in my twenties, and oh, I'm fun. still I'm fun still an, idiot. Whoa, 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 whoa. Fun, fun idiot. But and I'm still an idiot. But I'm just a little bit better at it. I have a friend, a friend. You one, have one. One good friend. for you. That's good. Um, and he says you have to be just ten percent smarter than what you're dealing with to be happy. Now, who said that? My friend Doug. Doug. 10%, Doug. 10% smarter than you are right now to be happy. Than what you're dealing with. Oh, then who? Oh, so. Then what or who? I'm what? I'm that right now in this room. Like it's for sure. For sure. <laughs> low man. Uh, I'm, all right. I'm the low man. All right. So, but none of us could answer hominids. <laughs> Primate. I'm like going. Yeah, is that a seashell? Uh, what I said, dolphin, like like a like a genie, like oh, dolphin, <laughs> mammal, nope. Yeah, trigger, trigger, trigger. Uh, you know, dolphins uh, to sleep, they they shut off one part of their brain. They don't sleep, obviously, they can't sleep, so they 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 just shut off one part of their brain and use the other part, the other half of their brain. That's how they do it. it it's pretty crazy. Question. Yeah. Sure. Sometimes I offend people because, you know, like a lot of people on Facebook, mm-hmm. they, they put, oh, look at the dolphins swimming next to us. I like to shake it up and go, mmm, them are good eating. Dolphins <laughs> have a lot of mercury and you don't want to eat dolphins. And I have gotten <laughs> I've gotten some unfollows from, oh, I'm, I'm sure joking. You no, yeah. I, I know. You're, but it's comedy. I, dude, I'm it's sorry. It's the this world is, of comedy This is nowadays. a very sad, sad reality that has come across my life immediately. Like, just a few days ago. You, yeah. You can't say things like that anymore. No. Okay. So but then yeah, I'm going to No, you say can. Mo- no, you, well, and not and expect some sort of kickback. Shit back. Yeah. I just some, lost some one clap, of my, some a, clap good, back. a very good friend. Oh, well, then we need to fix that. Mm-hmm. Something, somebody's, no. Okay. He says he doesn't want to fix it. All right. Moving on. Yeah. But it's true. I mean, oh. It's funny. I told you about the thing. Well, it's, there's other things that have come up through the history of me podcasting and in my attempt at podcasting comedy that, you know, people have been offended, I'm sure. Uh, but the one thing that I shared with you when you were doing your first incarnation of a podcast mm-hmm. that never, never nope. uh, materialized. Still sitting in the, yeah. in the bank. Uh, I did this. We do this fun impression, like these Confucius say comments, and I would do the hey, and I would do the whole thing. Yeah, right? yeah. And it was a horrible impression. It wasn't intended to be really good. I wasn't intended, but it offended some other listener who's on a podcast, and they had mentioned it on their podcast, and I was just like, oh, come on, yeah, come with it, yeah, come with it here. All right, next question: If Voldemort offered you a hug, would you accept? Yeah. Do you know who Voldemort is? He's the dude from uh, Lord no of the Rings. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. No, no not Harry Potter. Lord yeah. of the Rings. Yeah. No. No, Harry Potter. From where? Harry Potter. Harry I've Potter. never watched Harry Potter. Who played it? Ray Fiennes played him? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I no think face. of Harry Potter, I just think of some, uh, you know, the ghost scene, the mo- the scene in Ghost mm-hmm. where Demi Moore is like, you know, she's making pottery. Sculpting. I just think of some really big, fat, hairy guy. 
instead of making, Patrick Swayze making a pot. Yeah, there. That's what when I think of Harry Potter, I think that. Remember that Harry? Tent? Do you hear that comedy? <laughs> yeah. How the thick lane, thick, thick Harry. You remember that ten percent? Remember that ten percent? Oh snap! Level, the levels just kind of switched a little. <laughs> Didn't it? Wait, maybe not. I'm not the lowest this, at this moment. No. Okay. It's definitely me. <laughs> Stephanie just That's went good. down a little bit. All right, all right, next next one and last one. No. These are so fun, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're so fun. We should have just done the whole podcast this way. Fuck so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. Delete the first part. Let's start <laughs> over. All right, next and last. Is double dipping at a party ever acceptable? Yeah. I mean, I look, it's, it's just it's, a lot of work sometimes to not double dip. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it goes like this. This is the way the way the way I look at it is this: if if people don't know, is it really hurting them? Right. If they don't know, is it really hurting them? Exactly. It's only when you I know could, that someone double dipped, then it affects you. But I if, just like to d- argue the other side because I'm with you. I don't think that it matters. Be the devil's advocate. But I'm going to be the other will. side Please. of the white fence here. Please. Okay. Let's say you have a cold mm-hmm. and you double dip because mm-hmm. you don't give a shit. Oh, that's evil. But hey, no one knows. No, they don't know, but they sh- they get sick. Do but, they always get sick though? Do we all, is it always, is it a guarantee that if someone double dips and they have mucus in their nose, is it a guarantee that if I dip my chip in that same spot that I'm going to get a It is not a guarantee, but it is a possibility. But there's a possibility everywhere. The percentage goes up. Yeah. It does. Yeah. But isn't it true that like when- when you're actually contagious is before you have the symptoms or do you, are you still contagious when you Honestly, have I've been so sick my in parts of my life I really don't know the answer to that. Okay. I don't know where I do it at every party. Like I only because I'm nervous at parties cuz I'm an anxious guy and I'm just like I'm kind of hungry here. I'm just go, like, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> and then I feel bad about it. I'm like Oh, um, I um, just um, double um, dip. Like, oh, this hummus is great. And, oh shit, I just double dip. Yeah. Did, did you see that? You saw that? Are you pissed? Yeah. All right. Fuck off. I'll go home then. You pissed. I'll take the hummus with me. Yeah. Right. It's my hummus oh, now. This is, this is mine. I own the hummus. <laughs> yeah. Well, we should have done more of those. Ryan, fun. Yeah. thanks, dude, for yeah. coming in. Thanks for having me. So, I feel like I wrecked your podcast, but hey, it was fun. No, you it did. Was it was fun. great. Yeah. 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 Pleasure meeting you, man. Uh, you too. Yeah. It's, I'm starstruck. You know, I watched the 60 yard line. I'm like that guy, that guy right mm-hmm. there. And then he's right here. <laughs> yeah. He's right here. I know. Right. It's nice to be able to work with people like Ryan. It's great. And I it get is. to, you know, that's the thing about podcasting that I love is I get to, I get to hang out with, with people like Ryan and yep. all the good people that want to come on the show. So, um, awesome. so basically, you're always welcome back. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. And we'll do, uh, ne- next time, hopefully, the production value is going to be in a, um, with video. Oh, yeah. cool. So we'll be, I'll let you know if, just in case you want to bring a makeup person. Bring a, yeah, for sure. Fluffer. Okay. Well, I'll have that for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, no, the, ma- the makeup person, not the fluffer. I don't need a fluffer in this room. <laughs> I do. Two pumps. <laughs> it's t- what is that thing? He's like a, a young guy still. It's an inside joke in my own head. <laughs> okay. Old baseball coach. No, it's crazy. You're sitting in the dugout yeah. out in high school Two and you're, t- you're talking about how we would sex. We yeah. used to have a baseball coach. But I just love that mine is a catcher's mitt. Yeah, you know, that's sweet. (laughs) Anyways. All right. Well, thank you, man. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being on. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Love you, buddy. Unscripted narrative. That's the name of the podcast, by the way. You didn't know that unscripted narrative is the name of the podcast. That I'm on right now? Yeah, right now. Yeah. Cool, huh? How how much of that was scripted? Thanks for joining Unscripted Narrative. And now, back to, what's your other one called? 
uh, my other one's called the Jason and Mindy podcast. The Jason and Mindy podcast. That's it. Hey, yeah, right. there we go. Where they have real guests. <laughs> <laughs> they, we actually don't. It's just the two of us. So oh. maybe one day, maybe one day we'll have you up there. Sweet. Drive all the way up to where we actually live in, in the Antelope Valley. Mm. It's a drive. I like antelope. Good as just good as dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. Thank Peace you. out. Peace Bye. out. Bye.